0: Now, without further ado, this episode of the Daily Reprieve.
1: All right, yeah, welcome back here to uh, Saturday evening. Um, We're going to cover step 10 here in a minute. We just, you know, up until now, we've been talking for like 72 hours straight about. 12-step recovery, and I don't know why you can't. You on. exaggerate. <laughs> there is that. I, I'll give you that. It's one of the other character defects that's on the list, too. But uh, here we are, and we're going to go in through step 10. But uh, um, one of the things, we, we're not doing too all that bad on time. And, and one of the things that I want to jump in here with right now that we hadn't done yesterday. Um, I, heck, we I didn't know when it was really supposed to be done. But um, anyway, it's... Uh, <clears throat> Been a point of discussion in the past. People who are curious, you know, here's Bill Wilson. He's the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, and and Dr. Bob. He and Dr. Bob did, you know, a great deal of the work that um, and and the other first um, AAs to um, really put Alcoholics Anonymous together as a as literally a force to be reckoned with against uh, alcoholism. And every now and then somebody asks, you know, well, what happened to Abby? So, you know, because there hasn't been a whole lot of talk about, you know, Abby Thatcher and, and what happened to him, and, and I think it's Thatcher, I think it's his last name. Anyway, whatever. Abby T., um, the man who carried the message to Bill W., the one who finally sponsored Bill W. and got him started in, in, in Alcoholics, what ends up being Alcoholics Anonymous. So... Uh, here's a little bit. I did a little bit digging. Uh, I got a different resource this time um, about Ebby, but this is worth knowing about because this is so typical of the way the ism uh, works uh, so often in, 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 in people in recovery. So uh, it says here uh, about Ebby. it was Abby who found relief from his alcoholism uh, in the simple spiritual practices of the Oxford group, which was an attempt to return to first century Christianity. And this was before it was complicated and distorted by religious doctrines, dogmas, and opinions. That's what first century Christianity is. Um, the program offered by Ebby to Bill involved taking a personal moral inventory, admitting to another person the wrongs we had done, making things right by amends and restitution and a genuine effort to be of real service to others. In order to obtain the power to overcome these problems, ebby had been encouraged to call on God as he understood God, for help. And, uh, of course, as it says in Bill's story, you know, Bill was deeply impressed with Ebi's words, but was even more affected by ebby's example of action. Here was someone who drank like Bill drank, Yet Evie was sober, due to simple religious idea and a, prof- and a practical program of action. The results were on an inexplicably <clears throat> the results were an inexplicably different person, fresh-skinned, glowing face with a different look in his eyes. A miracle sat directly across the kitchen table from Bill. Evie was not some do-gooder who had read something in a book. Here was a hopeless alcoholic who had been completely defeated by John Barleycorn and yet had in effect been raised from the dead it was a message of hope for an alcoholic that God would do for us what we could not do for ourselves so Bill continued to drink in a more restrained way for a short while and then was admitted to Towns Hospital on December eleventh, 1934 Abby visited him there on December fourteenth, and essentially helped Bill take what would become steps four, five, six, seven, and eight. But that boost from Evie's visit wore off, and that night Bill's feeling of hopelessness deepened, and terrifyingly, dar- and a terrifying darkness yawned in the abyss. <clears throat> As the last trace of self-will was crushed, Bill said to himself, with neither faith nor hope, "I'll do anything, anything at all, if there is, if." There be a God, let him show himself. And so Bill describes his experience of transformation. Well, goes on to talk about Evie and says, Evie had carried the message of the Oxford group to Bill with great care and dedication. That recovery from alcoholism was possible using spiritual principles, but only if it was combined with practical actions. Bill Wilson never took another drink and left Towns Hospital to dedicate the rest of his life to carrying the message to other alcoholics. Evie, however, took a different path, one that caused him to have a series of relapses. The man, whom Bill Wilson called his sponsor, could not stay sober himself, and became an embarrassment. There were periods of sobriety, some long, some short, but eventually Evie would fall off the wagon, as he called it, More revealingly, Ebby referred to his periods of sobriety as being on the wagon. For an AA to regularly use this sort of language is an indication that the commitment to sobriety is temporary in nature. If there is an on the wagon, then there is an off the wagon, too. And that was the on-off cycle of Ebby's drinking. Ebby was born on April 29, 1896, to a prominent and well-to-do family from Albany, New York, with roots going back before the American Revolution. His grandfather started a railroad wheel manufacturing business in 1852 and became the main supplier of wheels for the New York Central Railroad. As well as mayor of Albany, two other members of Evie's family were also mayors of Albany, including his older brother Jack. One of New York State's most beautiful parks located in the Helderberg escarpment southwest of Albany was donated by the widow of Evie's uncle, John Bird Thatcher, and is named after him. Evie's full name was Edwin uh, Throckmorton Thatcher, and he can be said to have arrived in the world with a silver spoon in his mouth. It is possible that because of his upper class origins, with servants waiting on him and the re- and the respect and the respect brought by his family name, Evie developed an attitude that life should always be easy for him. He was entitled, it seems. Um, So it goes on to talk about, um, eventually, (coughs) um, some more of the the story here. Um, Despite his failure to follow through after his vital visit with Bill, Evie still seemed to feel he was not recognized adequately for his contribution to the start of AA his employer for many years in Texas said that Evie kind of thought the world owed him a living to a certain extent. He thought he never got the recognition that he should that was stuck in his craw for years. Another AA who had known Evie in Texas said that Evie held a deep resentment for Bill, Dr. Bob and others because he felt there was more the founder of what was to become AA he was more of the founder of what was to become AA than anything else. Um, this was said to be the cause for possibly the possible cause and reason for many slips. Um, Abby also you know here check this out. Abby also had the idea that he needed the right woman and an ideal job in order to stay sober. The implication, <laughs> the implication is that if he didn't have the perfect woman and the perfect job, he couldn't stay sober, and he didn't stay sober. A members know that sobriety had to be sought without any conditions and that we have to be willing to go to any length to get it and that half measures avail us nothing. Half, half measures avail us nothing. Some of Ebi's some of Abby's own letters bring to mind Lois's observation noted earlier um, but Ebi seemed to be around AA but never really in it. Typical correspondence from AA's devotees: substantial um, discussion to the AA program and the application of the steps to their own lives. Ebby's letters avoid these topics and are significant for what they don't say. Uh, He eventually did get sober. Um, Abby drifted in and out of sobriety and in and out of AA with many AA members trying to help him reign in a more stable sobriety. The person who was ultimately successful was Cersei W. who had established a hospital for alcoholics in Texas early in 53 Cersei had asked Bill what he would like what you would like to see happen in AA, and Bill said, I would like for Evie to have a chance to sober up at your clinic. Um, several months later, it came to pass, and after a short slip at 54, Evie remained sober for seven years. In 61, Evie's girlfriend died, and the next day, Evie got drunk. He apparently still believed that his sobriety was conditional on having the right woman, and now she was gone. Evie moved back to New York and lived several places before for the next two years, one of which was his brother Ken's home in Delmar, suburb of Albany. He had emphysema, the same disease that caused Bill's death, and was in poor health, his weight having dropped from 170 to 122 pounds. Um, So anyway, this goes on to speak finally of his demise, but this is a man who clearly and obviously struggled. And there's a solution and there's a problem. And some make the transition and some don't. Countless, possibly millions of people are sober from alcoholism today because of what that man did for Bill W. But that doesn't entitle him to anything, does it? He still had to do the work. If we're going to get and keep sobriety, we all have to do the work on our own inventory, (coughs) with the help of our own sponsor. Interesting. He'd stuff. been okay if you got the right car. There's that too, see? <laughs> oh, I know it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Kevin, what do you got?
2: Thanks for sharing that, Bob. Um, so, we've uh, finished talking about step nine. Um, I just wanted to read uh, something that's probably familiar to you. The step nine promises which begin on the bottom of page eighty three if we are painstaking about this phase of our development we will be amazed before we are halfway through we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it we will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace no matter how far down the scale we have gone we will see how our experience can benefit others that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows self-seeking will slip away our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves are these extravagant promises? we think, we yeah. think, think not yeah. they are being fulfilled among us sometimes quickly sometimes slowly talked <laughs> about that earlier Um, They will always materialize if we work for them. This thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We have entered the world of the spirit, our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness this is not an overnight matter it should continue for our lifetime and um, the following is what I've marked really as as the uh, meat of Step 10 Um, continue to watch for selfishness dishonesty and resentment and fear Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. You know, it's it's really... um, Really, step four through through nine, right there, and in, in, in step ten, continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. Well, that's what we did. That's what we looked at in step four. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. So we discuss. We 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 uh, ask God to remove uh these these defects that's like a step uh, seven um, we discuss them with someone immediately it 's like a, a confession a step five uh, make amends step eight and nine um, then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help this is really kind of a uh, foreshadowing of, of step twelve um, but we saw in in um, in talking about sex inventory, if sex is troublesome. We throw ourselves the more into helping others. Um, mm-hmm. It gets us out of ourselves.
1: So one one of the analogies I've I've liked for a long time about step ten is is that <clears throat> up up until step ten, we've been cleaning house and righting wrongs. And making a fundamental shift in attitude and psychic change sufficient to expel the obsession. And we've been about all of that work, you know, piece by piece by piece by piece and building on it all the way through. So step 10 to me is like a new operating system, you know. It's like what keeps the computer running, so to speak. It's it's what makes the whole thing work. And it's a whole bunch of pieces all together in one. And it's a, it's a way to have and maintain spiritual fitness. And it says these... While we may decide to quit lusting for good, we maintain our spiritual condition each day. This is not the same as staying sober one day at a time. Staying sober one day at a time is one thing. Staying spiritually fit one day at a time is something different. And the way to do spiritual fitness one day at a time, is 1, 2, 3 in the morning, 7, 10, and 11 at night. So you start your your day with, I'm powerless with lust, there is a God, and it ain't me. And you say the third step prayer and you get, get about your day. And oh, by the way, I mean it. And then 7, 10, and 11 is this whole notion that I have character defects, and then I'm going to go back through my day and look where they were operative and also look at the things that went well. Clean up what I need to clean up and move on. It says, get with God about your day. Fix what you broke. And then, <clears throat> be grateful for what went well. And then 11, it's meditate and pray. Contact with God for His will for us. So 1, 2, 3 in the morning, 7, 10, and 11 at night. That's how you stay spiritually fit. And, you know, that's kind of what we're going into. We're getting into 11 tomorrow, but the 10 thing is about this operating system. And and, and for the longest time, a while back when I was talking to Will a lot, he says, well, you can take care of that in your step 10 today. And he had a sponsor, an sponsor, that was just driving him crazy with doing step 10 all the time. And he was just high on it. Well, of course he was. It says right in the literature to do that every day. It's how the program really works from one moment to the next. Is that once you've finally done enough work to get to the point where you finish your amends, you need to put together a plan to stay consistently in this place that you are at now isn't just enough to be a free man and I've made all my amends. Life just doesn't stay static, you know? You know, it's just like Mr. Incredible said in the interview, you know? Well, Mr. Incredible, what's it like to save the world all the time? He says, it's crazy. He says, I save the world and then it falls back apart again. It just won't stay saved. Makes me nuts. (laughs) You know, I love that part of of that crazy movie, because I thought, God, it's like living with an addiction, man. My life always is constantly wanting to fall apart. That's just how life lives, man. Or at least it seems like it's going to fall apart. It usually isn't all the time, but it sure feels like it. And, you know, back in the day when I was in the addiction, it just had to seem like it was going to fall apart, and I'd blow it up just to watch it fly apart. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? Uh, you know, so of course i got a lot of experience with this. And, and and I'm just not doing that anymore. And the reason I can continue on from here and not have to, you know, go back and <laughs> blow my life up all the time is that I'm doing 1, 2, 3 in the morning and 7, 10, and 11 at night or some really close version of that. And I just make it that's, that's more important to me. You know, that, that's what keeps me moving in the right direction, somewhere near the right direction. So, just wanted to offer that up. Thanks, Bob. Thanks,
2: Bob. <coughs> um, continuing on here at the bottom of page 84 and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, mm-hmm. even alcohol even less. for by this time sanity will have returned wow. we will seldom be interested in liquor if tempted we recoil from it as from a hot flame we react sanely and normally and we will find that this has happened automatically We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. If uh, we are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. Uh-oh. Wow. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. <clears throat> the
1: problem has been removed. I said something the front about how the problem was solved. Solved their problem with drinking. Precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book.
2: So I I like this part. We're not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. Um, You've probably heard me say in in the meetings on Tuesday night that that, uh, if I'm uh, struggling with lust, uh, I'm in trouble. Um, once I've done this work and, and the obsession has been removed, there, there is no struggle. I'm not fighting it. And I'm not avoiding temptation. It's just not there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Lust is still there, but it, it's not affecting me. It's yeah, I'm not engaging it. Right. Um, I, I liken it to, uh, you know, uh, engaging in a tug of war. You know, when I'm in my addiction or when I'm trying to get sober, if I'm white knuckling, um, the temptation is still there. I'm tugging back on that rope. Um, I do this work, and I realize that I can just let go of the rope.
1: Yep.
2: It's no longer tugging me. It's no long, I'm no longer fighting it. It has no effect on me.
1: Yeah, if the game's not a good game for me to play, I'm just going to stop playing the yeah. game.
2: Yeah. But that is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. It's a qualification there. Cool. I have to keep in fit spiritual condition. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels we are headed for trouble if we do for alcohol is a subtle foe lust is a subtle foe Um, we are not cured of alcoholism what we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition every day is a day when we must carry the vision of god's will into all our activities kind of a foreshadowing in step Mm twelve How can I best serve thee, thy will, not mine, be done? These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line, all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of His Spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense. But we must go further, and that means more action. Damn, you know, this, this program is just relentless.
1: Yeah, it kind of feels that way. But, you know, I look back and think to myself, "Well, by now what's happened?" So, it's relentless, but not by now what's happened? Well, I've stopped playing God. <clears throat> I've made a deal with a with a god that functions in my life who's bigger than all my problems and is crazy about me. I've looked at <clears throat> what the big book calls my stock and trade and and, and purged out all the garbage. all with the help of my sponsor, Um, I've identified these just hardy perennial character defects of mine, which I never really looked at before, and and I've asked that same God to humbly remove those. You know, I've finally gone to so many of these people that I probably really didn't treat right, and I've done the best I can given the guidelines of the program, the help of my sponsor to get right with that. Now I'm looking at how do I go about keeping all this together. I've calmed down. I'm not driven anymore. I'm not thinking obsessively about lust constantly anymore. I haven't for a while now. I'm actually participating in my chosen career in a meaningful manner. Um, If I'm still with my family, They probably don't really mind having me around all that much right now. Which is really different than what it used to be. I'm actually able to make and keep friends. By now I better be sponsoring people. um, And giving this thing back. Because I only get to keep what I give away. I only get to keep what I give away. So in order to have something to give away, I ought to be doing a step 10 so I can stay spiritually fit, because that's what everybody tells me I need to do. And then I watch the ones that stay spiritually fit, and they're the ones that continue to have you know, this new way of life that's so attractive. So I have even the proof right in front of me. And this is where we're at. This is new. This is different. Not anywhere was I gonna be able to pull this together by myself. Uh-uh. I know you're sick of hearing me say that, but you know, the truth of the matter is this is a this is not a do-it-to-yourself program. Nothing could be more further from self help than twelve step recovery. It's god it's a god help program. It's a god help program that he gets people in the room to <clears throat> that you're in to help you with his part, and uh, it's uh, it's pretty remarkable where you can be at this point in the process. With it,
2: yeah. So I'd like to go back um, something kind of uh, skimmed over. Um, when when can we start step ten? When when can we start working on step ten? Probably right after nine. do Well, but what does that mean after nine? Um, or do we have to? Do we have to wait to to finish all of our amends? Before? Probably not. Yeah. Um, it says here um, we vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. uh Oh. Multitasking now. Yeah. So as soon as you start making your amends, <laughs> we're we're looking at step ten, and step ten is is the continual process of of uh, keeping the house clean. Um <clears throat> so um, we continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, and resentment. This is a continual thing. Um, it's not it's not a nighttime thing, it's not a morning thing, it's not a one time a day thing, it's a all the time. Continue to watch for selfishness dishonesty resentment and fear when these crop up and they will God, I'm, not, I'm not perfect I still have, have moments of selfishness dishonesty mm-hmm. but when they crop up I've got a solution right away I ask God at once to remove them God I wasn't completely honest with that guy God help me uh, help me be honest um, talk to someone immediately. Call someone. Could be my sponsor, it could be someone else in the program, but talk to someone immediately. Gotta gotta give it up. Gotta tell someone, bring it out into the light. Hey Bob, I told a little white lie. You know I, I kinda feel bad about that. What what do you think?
1: Well and then I get this comment when I say stuff like that, you know, are you getting sloppy? <laughs> That was known. willism. Yeah. yeah. No, man, I'm calling you! <laughs> right. So... Uh, yeah. Right there. The front page of the book. Am I getting sloppy? <laughs> I heard it so often.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so we discuss it with someone immediately, and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Right. Did I harm that guy by telling that white lie? That I lead him astray? Is he gonna? Um, is he gonna uh, react in a, in a way that, that might uh, might be inappropriate to the situation, or, or, you know, what 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 harm have I done to the guy? Right. Um, so you know, I make amends quickly. Hey, Joe. I, you know, just came to my mind that, that I didn't tell you the whole truth.
1: There's a little more of this than than I I was talking about earlier, and and you deserve to know about this. That's one of one of the ways I'd like to lead into this, this kind of thing, and you know, and I don't know. It's whenever I move off of these principles you know, my old sponsor used to like to call it getting sloppy, but whenever I'm moving off these principles, I'm starting to play my version of all this again. And that really is defined in saying I'm just playing God again. I'm starting to be, I'm starting to go into a hostile management takeover, <laughs> and uh, that's never going to end well. So I'll have to fire those guys again if they get through, and uh, start over. So, um and don't worry about this being some great big thing you now have to think about every waking moment of the day that's, that's hard and difficult and all-consuming mentally. It isn't yeah. like that at all. You'll, you'll know. It's just going to be automatic. Yeah. Like an operating system. you know, you only using a program, but there's always an operating system running in the background. That's what this is. This is an operating system running in the background of your life. That's what it's like. It doesn't require your immediate attention. The time we had at nine this morning. What's that? We, have told we had at nine this morning. Yeah. The <laughs> Didn't change a thing either, did it? No. <laughs> Didn't prove anything or make it worse either, did it? Yeah, so... <laughs> we ate good, though, so I'm, I'm just not going to gig him on it. But, <laughs> 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 you know, here we are. And so just keep in mind that as you do enough of this Step 10 work and you've read through it and it becomes something that's it just becomes something that's automatic that's what that's when it's working and when I stop turning to it and start looking at the little flash messages flash messages that come up because it's running that's when I'm starting to get sloppy and why would I do that I go through all this work to finally get this thing to function in my life you know what am I gonna ignore it that's stupid I've done a lot of stupid things in my life you know I could do some more, I suppose, but you no know, that's that's why we keep doing these retreats and that's why we keep uh, going through the pro- process. So go ahead.
2: Yeah. Um then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. That uh that to me is 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 crucial. Uh, cause after, out after my head. Yeah. Because after I've recognized that i that i've done uh you know done something i've I've asked God to remove it and I've talked to someone I've made amends um i'm 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 done with that I need to get my head on to other things mm-hmm. it It would be easy for me to 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 not do that and just sit there and 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 rehash all this stuff you know morbidly. <laughs> Uh, and, and maybe get into self pity. Mm, nice, yeah, that's gonna help. Yeah, no. Um, turn my thoughts to someone I can help, and it could be anything. You know, it could be, uh, you know, um, driving responsibility and letting that letting that asshole who wants to get in my lane in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know, just let him in. Just let him, let him in. Yep. Could be opening the door for the person behind me. The grocery store, mm-hmm. or, 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 another, or or wherever, um, could be it could be a random act of kindness. Could be paying for someone's meal or Burger King. You
1: know? Yeah, right. Like we were talking <laughs> about earlier. Yeah.
2: Um, turning, uh, but turn my thoughts to someone I can help. Maybe I need to make a call. Maybe maybe a newcomer needs to hear from,
1: mm-hmm. from me.
2: Maybe my wife could use a night off
1: from cooking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of ways that that can really make a change in your overall quality of your day. There. Yeah.
2: So turning my thoughts to someone I can help is is uh, really key for me in that in that series of uh, actions. So that's step ten and one of my one of my favorite really um, keeps my my uh spiritual condition
1: uh fit and uh keeps keeps me sober and keep in mind like I said earlier guys at this point sanity is returned oh yeah A lot of why we started off in this process is back. Yeah. In fact, right about now, at step 10, you're starting to be a better person than you were prior to becoming addicted in the first place. You're well on your way to being a much better person than you would have ever been prior to coming to recovery. I don't know of any other affliction, any kind of a disease I can recover from, it makes me a much better person than I was prior to having gotten affliction in the first place. In fact, I know of no other. This does that. This does that.
2: Um, so it says here again at the, near the bottom of page eighty-five. If we have been, if we have carefully follow directions. We have begun to sense the flow of the Spirit into us, and didn't it say somewhere earlier in the book that uh, the the only only thing necessary is, is um, the ability to follow a few simple instructions. Yep. And <clears throat> uh,
1: pick up the spiritual kit of tools. Yeah. Right. That yeah. So, there it is, step 10. Right.
2: right, so I think we'll cut it off there and uh, uh, retire for the evening and uh, come back tomorrow after um, what I'm sure will be another wonderful breakfast and we'll finish up um, with steps 11 and 12. Right. Thank you all. all
1: right.
2: Thanks.